2: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Euro Incision podcast. It's myself and Guy Drinkle talking about all the roundup of the last 16. And of course, we're going to vent a little about Liverpool, who have been eliminated, who have been schooled by Real Madrid once again. So, Guy, welcome back.
3: Welcome's a strong word, me. (laughs) (laughs) We were
2: delayed this one, weren't we? We were like trying to push it back. You wanted to walk the dog. I decided a cup of tea was more important than talking about this one. It just deserves very little respect because mm. that performance had no pride in it whatsoever. Over the two legs, in my opinion.
3: We had a good half an hour in the first leg. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, about did.
2: it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it.
3: No, but as, for a club that's whole modern history was built on on miracles, basically, because the whole 2005 run was a miracle in itself, never mind just Istanbul. Mm. Obviously, the Barcelona game was a miracle, um, and to show the gutlessness of what was last night, it just, I think all of us knew it was the end of a, a cycle, an era, or whatever the term you want to use, but I think last night was just the just a big pin popping the balloon that was probably already shotgunned at this point, to be fair, but it... Yeah, just there was no life in it. There was probably three players I thought tried, but they were all well goalkeepers and centre backs. Um, it was just deflating if we keep the balloon thing going. But there was just no, there was just no nothing in that performance that mm-hmm. said we are capable of playing at this level. Um, and yeah, as I said, we're built on miracles and they didn't they didn't even attempt the miracle it, we was ne- never crossed our t- our thoughts our minds that we could have won that game never mind won the tie but it never crossed our minds we could have won that game
2: it's very interesting you mentioned miracles right because obviously we all have our own like memories of you know those iconic moments you know the Olympiacos game you're talking about of course the final in Istanbul you know uh, Barcelona and things and I was watching this game guy and I know we started off quite well in, in this in this game you know like, I think the first five minutes you know like we were kind of pressing them and you know we, we were trying to make something happen we set off with a little bit of intensity but as the, you know like our be- that belief just was not there do you know what I mean like th- normally any under circumstances you expect This team to get three goals, you know, you you expect it. I mean, this this the season we won the league, and we had to get that last minute goal from was it Bobby Firmino against Aston Villa? But we believed Mm -hmm. it till the end, and it came right. And because you knew that they were capable of doing it, like you said, it was a gutless performance. There was no leadership, and it was just really really horrible to watch. It just looked like they didn't give a shit. And I think for me, that was the worst thing. I you know I you know, even if we weren't going to get the three goals and the miracle didn't happen, for me it was more about the performance and what kind of attitude you bring into this game. And it was just non-responsive in every aspect. And I think that's the concerning thing. The fact that the club couldn't get a tune out of him last night.
3: No, he couldn't. And the carrot of a miracle should tempt any footballer in any regard, because I'm sure every club has that one game where you think, how the hell did we do that? And we've got loads of them. We've got tens of them. Um, And if Klopp can't get them up for the real, for a real Madrid game at the Bernabeu, this is the biggest team in the world at probably the most famous club stadium in the world. And we can't even look arsed for that. Like, Whatever about the tie, our record against Real Madrid after, well, since Rafa went there and tonked them, basically, yeah. is embarrassing. It is. We need to change that because Real Madrid will be in the Champions League every time we're in the Champions League yeah. because they're in it every year. We probably won't be in it this or next season. Um. So we'll have to figure a way to beat them and we'll have to figure a way to beat bloody Carlo Ancelotti as well. So even if we just went there and scraped a one-nil win, it was something. It was something to look at and go, right, voodoo. We beat them. Who cares if they were four-nil up on not? Four, four goals up on aggregate, we finally beat Real Madrid and we beat Carlo Ancelotti. But no, we can't even do that. We looked slightly asked, but they hit the they hit the bar two times and yep. another chance. I think it was Modric on the edge of the box. But I mean. We'll probably get through some of the individuals, but they had the better chances. We had yep. half chances where people missed kicked which was a story of every pass in this game from a Liverpool perspective. It was just behind people, out of play, too short, over-hit. It was goth. And I think the saddest thing, Nina, is normally on a Champions League game, and it's, it's probably in most Liverpool fans' DNA, it doesn't matter what the score is. I'm watching that game intently... Whatever. I will not watch my. I'll not look at my phone. I'll not look at WhatsApp. Yep. I'll not look at TikTok. I'll yep. not look at whatever. This game, and I won't lie, to people. I was sat there playing Xbox at the same time with half an eye on it because I had zero, zero expectation of us coming back in this game. Now, that's me as a fan who's kind of been defeated because I've watched all these games. We've covered most of them. You obviously do the post match. So you probably got had it worse and than you, I and have. you've
2: got that horrible one over the weekend. Yeah. Out to you, yeah.
3: <laughs> so it just can't. I think this was just the game that defeated me. Like, if I didn't have to do this, I'm not sure I would have watched it. That's the honest truth. So I was sat there half assed watching it, and when when the commentators got excited and it was Steve McManaman, so it was always when Real Madrid were doing stuff, obviously. Um, it was like, well, yeah, they've hit the bar. They've hit the bar again. Ooh, Josh has miskicked the ball somehow. It's like, oh, great, cool okay, what's going on on my screen? So I I could not even be asked because I had no expectation of the players giving a shit and I think that's the worst thing. Yeah,
2: that is the worst thing. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people felt like that. I saw a lot of um, reaction before the game and I just wanted pride in in the performance. That's all I wanted. Just go out there and cover yourself in some kind of glory and don't be embarrassed. And... um, Let's talk about the lineup. What did you make of the lineup? I mean, Milner and Fabinho as a double pivot. The defense was pretty much as what you'd expect from the defense. Ali in nets, although without his uh, leggings or tights or whatever. So we saw his legs, which was quite a strange um, thing for me personally because I'm just so used to him always having his legs covered. And the, front, and the attacking line, I mean, he went full on attack. So it looked like the intention was there, guy. In terms of the attack, but then the midfield really let us down because I felt like we there was just nothing there.
3: Well there wasn't anything there, I think that's the <laughs> issue. I mean we had Fabinho Milner and Gakpo was kinda of half in midfield and half yes. a winger, which was strange and didn't work obviously. Um I don't know what the thinking was. Like
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch. to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: I know James Milner's this mystical figure of... of... I don't even know, just an old-timer who's never lost an inch of his performance or whatever. With Liverpool football club playing in the Champions League against Real Madrid, I know they've got Modric, who's 40-year-old, and Cruz, who's mid-30s, etc. James Milner's never been good enough to start for Liverpool. This current iteration of Liverpool is the closest it's been because we're shit. (laughs) It's... He's never been good enough to start for Liverpool. His best, his only season as a starter when we were a good team was at left back, and we were going for top four, and that was six years ago, seven yeah. years ago, whatever the hell it was. And now he's starting against Real Madrid, who have the best midfield in the world, or certainly the most settled midfield in the world, and we've got the corpse of Fabinho next to. Now I'm not obviously we're missing a lot of um, starters in midfield, but. Look at the options on the bench.
2: They were not... Yeah, I looked at the bench.
3: But at the same time, I know Naby K has only just come back from injury. A mil- I don't care if this will get me back. Naby K is a million times better than James Milner. He's probably a million times better than Fabinho right now. Curtis Jones, I am not a fan. Better than Milner. A lot better than Milner. Harvey Elliott, well, in a midfield too, he'd probably still take Milner. But Harvey Elliott could have played this game. Oxley chamberlain doesn't exist anymore. Better than Milner. Like, if all these players are behind James Milner at the age of 37, why the hell are they at Liverpool Football Club? What That just summarises wh- why we're so shit this season. All of these players are not worse than James Milner. And if Klopp thinks they are less useful than James Milner, they have no business being at the Football Club. They mm. just don't. So it, ju- it just... That's kind of pissed me off. <laughs> but at the same time, that's a Klopp issue because they are all better than James Milner. And it's his fault they're not included in the squad or whatever. Whatever you feel about Naby, Curtis, Oxlade, Chamberlain, they're better than James Milner. They just are. And if Klopp can't see that, he's done a shit job managing the midfield area of our squad. Uh, and th- I think he ultimately has because of the look at the state of our midfield.
2: It's true. It just screams neglect, doesn't it? The fact that a thirty-seven-year-old is, you know, starting in a must-win game um, against Real Madrid it is really scary. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the midfield options. Of course, um, I didn't. I didn't watch Jurgen club press conference um, for this game. You know, before the game, um, mm-hmm. uh, so. Obviously, there's certain players that didn't make the bench, so I assume they're injured, you know, so he likes a badge fetich and um, of course, um, you know, Hendo, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but again, you know, there's a reason why he's not on that bench as well, and Tiago, obviously, we know he's out, but yeah, but there have been injuries at midfield, but it, it was just, it wasn't good to watch. And when you're playing against that settled midfield, that's where the battle was pretty much won and lost. I felt like we couldn't control the ball. I mean, just overall, Guy, what did you make of us? Because I I don't want to talk about this game by phase by phase um, because that would just frustrate the crap out of me. Do you know what I mean? I'm just going to talk about it in a generic sense.
3: We lost the ball in midfield. I don't know what minute it was, but we did.
2: (laughs) Yeah, do you know what I mean? Which was a reoccurring theme because they were just playing through us and it was quite easy for them. But for me, it just felt like either the ball was too long, too short, played behind the striker rather than in front of the striker, or momentum killed too slow, too sloppy, too passive. And that for me was the theme of the entire game.
3: Yeah, it seemed like the event was too big for some of the players. Like
2: Which it shouldn't have been, by the way.
3: Oh no, I mean not like general Milner, mm. In in there for leadership and experience, you know. Fair enough. Um for being your scene and done it all. Couldn't pass the ball at all. Um, Van Dijk, I, I remember the big diagonal to Salah. It couldn't really pass out other than that. Ibu was good defensively. We just couldn't get the ball out. Um,
2: Jota, I completely forgot he was playing until he got subbed off.
3: I think he did as well. Um, I think he's forgotten. how. I think he forgot he plays for Liverpool Football Club for about a year now, to be fair. Um, I think the issue here, Nina, is Trent. I think he's the main one to talk about, because I'm sure there's the defensive side we can talk about. But on the ball is the whole justification of him playing as a right-back. And he was
2: awful at that
3: as well. He was absolutely stanky. Um, We just could not connect defence to attack. And we've seen this in the past. Once the midfield struggles, we will go direct. And a big part of that is... Trent doing diagonals to Robo, which opens up play, Van Dyke doing the yep. same. Um Ebu and if it's Matip at times, they'll go on adventures and try and play through the lines. Um but we just like our players who are good on the ball, who are excellent footballers, some of the best footballers in the world, maybe not the best players in their position anymore, Trent, because you've forgotten how to defend as a right back. Um but these are some of the best pure footballers in the world, and Trent is just Shocking At the minute
2: can I, can I just ask you About Trent So obviously The yeah. last Liverpool game I watched was The Man United Tonking Right Where everything <laughs> Everything clicked Because obviously I missed the Saturday game Because yeah. I, I had a wedding To attend So I didn't watch that So this Trent performance I, I know like Since the World Cup I think he's been quite good I can't lie I think as a whole Consistently he's been Pretty decent He's had a few bad performances But before the World Cup I thought he was Bad by large because of the setup and things. Mm-hmm. Has this performance carried on from the Bournemouth game? Because I'm not, I've not even watched the highlights of that one. I can't lie.
3: Um, I think I've tried to scrub the Bournemouth game from memory, but no, I, I think this was a step down. Okay. I think. <clears throat> I think that Bournemouth goal came from the opposite side, but Trent was not yeah. good on the ball. Okay.
2: Um Yeah, and more we'll talk about his performance. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his performance.
3: But um. In, in terms of, I mean, even like set pieces, that used to be our, one of our main weapons. And we just could, we couldn't even get the ball in the box. It was either out, over hit or out the box, or it was just the first man, which is our speciality at the minute. Um, But, yeah, it was just a mix of everyone. Like, I wasn't expecting Fabinho and Milner to pick up the ball and play incisive passes. And if anyone was expecting that, manager included, I may have a bridge to sell you, also magic beans or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, we it was just set up all wrong. Like, but at the same time, Modric and Cruz aren't going to press you. Obviously Camavinga might, but he was playing the deepest at times. So there should have been space for someone to just take calm down, take the ball and just build up some possession. And that's why we're missing Thiago. That's where we're missing a trusted navigator. If you hate him or what, he's, stylistically he should be the backup to Thiago. Um, but no, it was just it just wasn't the team just wasn't right. It wasn't set up to try and play football. It was there to try and survive, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I just didn't see. It. And the only one who seemed to be able to drop deep and really too deep was Cody Gakpo, who should have been up front. He should have been one of our main threats because him trying to occupy their two centre backs and and switching with Darwin is what's worked for us in the good games. Um and him dr- drifting to the left, Darwin drifting centrally, that's what works so well against United. Um it just it just seems so befuddled. I mean what 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 did what did you think was was the issue and is there anyone you wanted to pick out that caught your eye in a bad way?
2: I thought Trent was particularly bad. I thought um, some of our chances were pretty much half-assed. I thought Jota was really, really bad, I can't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like Gakpo being too deep as well. I will agree with you on that one. I felt like... <clears throat> I kind of felt like the front wasn't really clicking. And I think that was largely down to the fact that there wasn't much supply, like you said, in terms of them getting the ball. Um I also found it very alarming in the first half that we were pretty much. And you said you you mentioned the word survival, like holding on. And I felt like the first half Liverpool looked like like they were on survival mode, just trying to hold on. And then you know um, and it definitely felt like that. I also found that considering Real Madrid were five two up, right, um, and they had the better chances, which was quite telling. And quite scary, because all they had to do mm-hmm. stylistically was just basically set up defensive, right? And not really do anything. And the fact that they can still come on to us. And Alice and Becker saved our backsides so many times in that game. But certainly in that first half, he produced a, a few world-class saves, by the way. And I think that is really, really concerning. And I wouldn't mind us being openly defensive like that if we were open in a creative attacking sense. If we were going to go basketball, that's fine, but not to pose any kind of threat in an attacking sense. And then to do that, to be exposed like that defensively because there's no setup up in front of the defense. That was really alarming. And the chances that our attack has got, I mean, I think there's a sh- chance to Nunes, Jota could have done better in the first half as well. There was a few like half assed chances, which I felt like our attackers should have been more clinical on. And I think that's when mm-hmm. the game gets really interesting.
4: Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: It was strange, wasn't it? Because there was a couple of occasions I thought more was... Well, first half, I thought Moore was probably our most threatening player. Then at half time they realized, oh, Mo Salah's a good player. So they put more than one player on him, and then yep. we didn't do anything. Yep. Uh, we just didn't reply to that and just went, all right, Salah, you're skin nacho a couple of times. How about the other three people that have got marking you now? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was it was literally, I thought our attacking player was, Pass to the player who can't play the ball out in Trent and see what he can do, which was nothing. And then it was pass to Salah and see if he can skin three people. Um and surprisingly, Nina, that didn't work. <laughs> but it was it was just so strange. I mean, Jota is he's gonna be a big debate, probably over the international break, because there's no football to talk about, and we'll be talking about well the summer and stuff like that because that might be the only positive thing to look forward to and his name might come up as sales which might have been unthinkable um before this season but he seemingly forgot how to play football um
2: and i think steve smith wrote an article on him as well so do check that out people a really good article actually
3: yeah and our only our big Well, it wasn't even a big chance it was it was Nunes with a really nice finish. And I think yeah. it was a it was a save Courtois should make because Courtois is a really good goalkeeper. Um, but that was it. That was our only clean chance. It was Nunes trying a really smart finish. But other than that, I mean, Jotter air-swinging. Um, I think we had a header, if I remember correctly. Can't remember Salah having many clear-cut chances. I think he screwed up a couple passes when we may have got through, but I think he was, like, falling over at the same time. Um, but I, don't order, remember, yeah. I don't know if you remember.
2: I don't know if you remember the second half. Our attackers linked up quite nicely, and they they played the ball really well. Um, in in um in Real Madrid's um box and half and it just looked like every player just struggled or did not want to shoot and Klopp going absolutely mad at them do you remember when they all kind yes, of passed the ball quite yes, nicely yes, through the Elliot one yes yes and he yeah, yeah. was fuming and I think I, I think that was like just the frustration just in general of, of the whole night I also didn't like sorry we're well, talking about all the things that we didn't like and there's plenty of things that we didn't like but I also <laughs> found that the referee was pretty bad in my opinion certainly the first half I felt like he didn't let the game go he was just blowing for stupid things all the time
3: yeah it was strange he picked up the niggly stuff but he didn't pick up Two-footed aerial challenges. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ebu did a high foot, but Rudiger can two-foot. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. nice one.
2: And then he he, he pulls Salah back for um something on that tour, right? Or his shoe came off or something. Oh, he stood on his ankle. somebody got stu- somebody's ankle got allegedly stood on, and it didn't.
3: Yeah, it's probably when Moore got fouled by about three people at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I the first half, but. It, yeah.
2: yeah, but the referee was just um, a, an abomination as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not using that as an excuse to kind of sugarcoat how bad Liverpool were, but just mm-hmm. overall really, really frustrating. And, you know, you're speaking about Nunes there, and, I mean, so that was the first half, and I think Liverpool were pretty much in survival mode, and then one's like, well, Liverpool have done really well to go in nil-nil, and I'll have to agree with that guy because I thought Real Madrid had the better chances, and if it wasn't for Alison Becker being Alison Becker, I think we're easily 2-3-nil down there. And they weren't even trying, and that was the scary thing. They Mm -hmm. weren't even trying, and they were playing through us. I mean, like, just like, it was just, yeah, I don't even know what to say.
3: Well, that's the thing. I think two of their chances were the exact same. It was just a player Mm -hmm. on the edge of the box. We had no midfield because I think, I can't remember which one. Well, I think it was the Modric one. I think Fab was marking someone on the right side, and Milner was playing centre-back for some reason. And that's why he was sprinting, which is the fastest I've seen James been on the move to close down. I'm like, why are you there? What are you gonna do in the box that Ibu and and Van Dijk can't do? Uh, it was just it just summarised what the issues in our midfield were. They outnumbered us, they outworked us, um, just out quality does. That's not a word. Um, but it was just it, it was. I think there was just. The perfect example of what was wrong with the team, but I mean, the I, I, Allison is the only well, no, not the only positive because I thought the two centre backs did well. I, obviously, conceding the goal wasn't it was fluky, but it wasn't the greatest defending by all of them. But we were sick we were six two down, um, a five two, five two down at that stage. Um, but Allison is the only well, he's not the only positive this season, but he's the only one of the established player who's a positive this season because. Our other positives are Darwin, who's fun, but he's not Sadio Mane yet. Other than that, it's just there's not a single one there. But Alisson, I think we said this on the last podcast, Nina. He could have had, he could have another twenty goals like he did in the first leg, where he screws up and it costs us a goal, and he'd still be our player of the season. That's how good, that's how better he's been than the rest of our team. Um, so, yeah, without him, it would have probably been 10-2 on aggregate. And if they, I think if they saw that Double Figures was in range, they would have turned on the tap because they didn't get out of first gear, as you said. Um, they, Well, they did embarrass Liverpool Football Club, but they could have put a Extra super duper level of embarrassment on foot- on Liverpool Football Club, if they turn if they turned it on a bit. But they have to think about the next leg. They can technically still win La Liga, um, but they have quite a tight knit squad. And obviously Ben Zem is picking up injuries and stuff like that. So it's no surprise um, they played within themselves basically. But um, no, um, without Allison and the two centre backs, I think that would have that would have been in double figures.
2: Uh, this podcast is going to be a little bit everywhere, uh, much like Liverpool season. Um, so we're on brand. I think another thing that really, I mean, we'll get to the second half and Klopp subs in a minute. And I think another thing that really pissed me off about everything was when the full-time whistle went, seeing our players cosy up to those Real Madrid players, laughing and smiling, really, really pissed me off. And there was a fair few of them that did it.
3: Well, that's the thing. This... Well, I'm still...
2: I, I, I hate yeah. that. I hate that. I think if you've just been knocked out of the Champions League and you've been embarrassed like that and you've lost the game, it should hurt. It should hurt. I'm not saying go <laughs> fight with the opposition. Shake the hands, be respectful and walk off. Just
3: That's walk the off. Thing. That is the thing. Go Shake hands, go clap the fans, go get berated by, the Klopp, by Klopp, hopefully. Um, I... I <laughs> I didn't even notice on the stage. I just turned it. As soon as I heard Rio Fernand's voice, it was TV off. Can't deal with that prick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I we. I think Dave mentioned it on Raw. We are soft, and you see it, stuff like that. Obviously, being respectful is one thing, but...
2: I'm not going to laugh and joke with you, though. I'll shake your hand and say, well no. played. Well played, congratulations,
3: and I'm walking off. That's the thing, like... it. I don't word this. It seems like, obviously, this is part of being a professional footballer, is trying to forget and move on. But this season's been unacceptable in every regard. Um, Like, I'm still hurt by the first game of the season. They've obviously well forgotten that. And as they should, because they have to move on to the next game, the the next game, the next game, the next game. But... We will remember this Real Madrid game a lot longer than they will. Like, every time we get to a Champions League round of 16, i will be like, fucking hell, do you remember the Real Madrid game? Whereas yeah. they, they'll... they I don't want to use the money. I almost said, they'll go back to the mansions and they'll be fine. I think that's a bit of a dickhead thing. A but they will just move on with their life. And all of Well, most of them, I think the Brazilian lads and some of us are staying home. But a lot of them will just be jetting off to all parts of the world and it'll almost be like a, a holiday for them because they won't be under the pressures of Liverpool football club. They'll be playing for Egypt. They'll be as soon as you be playing for England there, but Trent would for the, fir- probably for the first time doesn't deserve to be in the England squad. He'll probably get called up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, They'll be going to Holland. They'll be going wherever and they'll all be having a good old fun time where we'll be, we'll be sat here for two weeks stewing going. Yep. That was dreadful, and we're about to get absolutely battered by Man City because it's a half-twelve away kickoff, and they are not shit at football like we are. Like, we'll probably turn up now I've said that, but at the minute I don't really care, and it's two and a half weeks away, so people will forget by that. <laughs> um, but we, we'll, we'll sit here for two and a half weeks worrying the shit that we have to play Man City at half-twelve and it's the first game back and thinking – christ they could beat us worse than real madrid they'll be going let's get back into this lads and they'll be like we'll be we'll be shitting ourselves in these two and a half weeks and it'll it'll ruin our two and a half weeks because liverpool is an escape for people obviously this season it just adds to the misery of everyone's life but football clubs whether they're good shit or bad should be an escape um but this season, maybe it's high, maybe it's exacerbated because we obviously work in the sphere of like covering the football club and stuff yeah. like that, and we can't really not watch it and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's not an escape; it just adds to the the shitness of life at the minute, um, which is not great. Whereas I think you see them like smiling and shaking hands and talk doing that weird thing where they talk with the hands over the mouth. I want to know what you said. <laughs> yes at least let me know (laughs) um but it it just doesn't it just yeah seeing them smiling and stuff like it doesn't really show the emotion of the fans and stuff like that just read read the room read the fucking room it's like what the fuck but anyway yeah it's not the thing that pissed me off but now that you've mentioned it it does kind of annoy me just clap the fans and get out of there and yeah the ones who are here for the two weeks, you better be ready to get whipped to death by Jurgen Klopp. Hopefully. <laughs> but, See, I don't think, I do
2: think yeah. that's happening as well. Like, I'm just like this. I'm just completely like at, at my wit's end with everything. You know, like I, we love Jurgen Klopp and I, and I love Jurgen Klopp, but like he, I, I don't know what's going on. I just it's enough season. I don't know. It just feels like everything he's trying or attempting is just not working. I don't know if mm-hmm. they are tired I don't know if they have stopped believing in his product I'm not calling for the manager by no means of the imagination I'm calling for reinvestment I'm calling for that <laughs> I'm I'm calling for yeah. that I'm not saying that you but I just you know that like back like you you'd know that Klopp would get angry and pissed stuff and yes he's doing all them things but it's the failure of the players that are doing anything. They're not giving anything. So he could, you know, like whip them into shape. He was meant to whip them into shape during the World Cup. They came back worse.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was impressive, that, wasn't it? Yeah, um,
2: so I'm using yeah. that as my barometer of like, I don't expect much in these, in the, during the International Week. And I think it's oh, like 17 no. days. Yeah. It's just not happening. But, Guy, let's get back to this game. So the second half starts. And nothing much is happening again. Um, I still feel like we're doing the same things. Jota is absolutely anonymous. But then something... There's one player that looks a little bit lively. Maybe something crazy might happen in terms of the attack. I thought two certainly were kind of... Um, you said about Mo Salah. First half he looked more potent. Second half I thought if anyone's going to do anything crazy or skin somebody, it's going to be Darwin Nunes with his pace. And just his shithouse in general. Mm-hmm. You need that kind of player. Klopp subs him off and Jota...
3: Yeah, I think this was probably when there was a collection of thousands and thousands of Liverpool fans who turned off their televisions.
2: <laughs> you need you got... something to happen and you take him off.
3: The thing is, our our attack has only worked this season, well, b- b- since Diaz got injured, um, I should say, is when Darwin and Mo have been on it at the same time because they're the only ones who have linked up together quite well. Obviously, Gakpo's brand new, so I'm not saying it's his fault. Um, it worked for a little bit when it was um, Darwin left and Bobby in the middle uh, at times but you need you need more and Darwin on the pitch at all times unless you are resting one of them but we do not have a game at the weekend otherwise I would have understood it because if we weren't if we hadn't have scored a goal up to the 60th minute or whatever, logically you'd go, okay, rest a few people for the weekend. It's not happening. And that would have been fair enough. We don't have a game this weekend. Yeah. Let them go hell for leather. See if there's a mad 10 minutes. Real Madrid won the Champions League last season on mad 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh, they won the Champions League. A mad
2: injury minutes against yeah. Man City, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. And Chelsea. Yeah. It's just that it's what they do. Why can't we do the same? Um it, it, you know, no, when that when that sub happened, I think everyone just collectively just went, Ewa you've lost your marbles, there, chief." And I think that I'm not uh, similarly. I don't want Klopp sacked. I want the old Jurgen Klopp back. Dig out yes. the gig. Dig out the glasses, Jurgen. I know you had a good season with him last season, but dig them out. Bring Bubac back. Bring all the boys back from 2016. Bring them all back. I don't care if you don't like each other anymore. Make it a fun party. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that'll never happen, obviously. But um, I don't know. Like I, the big, I think the biggest issue at the club is Jurgen at the minute. Like we need, mm. like you said, it, we need reinvestment and stuff like that. But if if we, I think I said this tweet in January, and it was like, "Good job we didn't sign a midfielder because he'd still play James Milner and John and fucking Henderson." And I think that's true.
2: Yeah, that's the scary thing. I yeah. don't know what he's watching, and that's. And and then I hate it when we say these things and then the player will have a good game. Obviously we'd look talk about Jordan Henson and Man United, you know, where he played yeah. well and we, we call it game by game, right? And mm-hmm. then people think, Well, you you and I hate it when people come at you and say things like, Well, the manager knows clearly oh, you know more than the manager. you know, like there's something very, very really condescending. And we you have get seven. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, and I just <laughs> stop and I think and I th- And I just think, why are you so blind like that? I'm not saying I'm more qualified than Jurgen Klopp. I don't say that for a second. But I I can see with my own eyes, and you can, for a whole season, and maybe two, that Jordan Henderson has just not been on it.
3: Well, that's the the thing. Obviously, Henderson's kind of catching strays because he wasn't involved last night, but he was crapping in the first leg. Um, so it, it's part now, of... about just talk about...
2: It, just in general. Yeah, in
3: general, but I'm just saying. Talk like,
2: about play. Yeah, of course, of course.
3: People, people are like, why are you bringing up Henderson? But he is, part of the, he is one of the main parts of the midfield issue. And so is Fabinho, or just a Freud balance, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But Henderson and Milner have been here the longest time. Obviously, vice-captain, captain, it's a different role and stuff like that. But you need to be good on the pitch, first and foremost. Um, and our only midfielder who's been good on the pitch, who should be playing, i.e. not an 18-year-old, is was Thiago. And he mm-hmm. broke because he had to play every game and he basically played midfield on his own for the most part of the season. Yep. Um, then we brought in Naby for a few games. He seemingly took all the blame for the bad results and got cast aside. Um it just seems really strange. Like, like I know, so I know some players deserve different, different um, approaches from the manager. But, like, I'm I'm a Naby fan, so I'll use Curtis Jones instead. What's Curtis Jones done? Why isn't he getting an opportunity? Like this season hasn't, like, we may nick top four, but it's yeah. very unlikely.
2: But can I just say something to you, Guy Drinkle, about Curtis Jones now? Yeah. He's been in the mix of things like for a while, right? He's always Mm -hmm. been on the bench. I still don't know what he's good at because he just doesn't get played. And I have no opinion on him. And this player, when he's fit, always makes our bench. What is going on? Why don't I know anything about this player?
3: And the thing is, Nino, he wasn't even on the bench at the weekend because Artur replaced him. And that is Arthur who got taken out of our Champions League squad. <laughs> mm. So, you know, um, it's a strange one. It I, can't, a strange I can't one. have an
2: opinion on the guy because I don't know anything about him. And then throwing on Cavalio last night with 30 seconds to go is disgusting. Mm. It's
3: wrong. It is. And you think, OK, it's night. If Obviously it's a really shit circumstance, but you go, Okay, Carvalho you get to play at the Bernabeu, which is something. But five minutes. Like, mean, we've lost the game. I might as well give some of the young lads something to look at and go, Oh, I played in I played at the Bernabeu against Modric and Tony Cruz, two of the best midfielders of my of the generation before me. Um It's just it's just strange, like I it, You mentioned Curtis Jones. I I said, I'm not a particular fan of him. I don't see him having a long-term future at Liverpool. But I know he's better than James Milner, and I know he would have been better than Fabinho last night. I don't care if he can't play as a six. He can run. (laughs) He can run. He has working legs. Sometimes he has working legs, apparently. Um, And bringing on Elliot. Who did we bring on? we brought on Elliot and Bobby for Jotter yeah. and Darwin, didn't we?
2: Yeah.
3: Now I understand bringing on Elliot, even though it should have been a natural midfielder, to try and get the ball or something. um
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked, and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac
3: But yeah, just taking off Dow and I just, it just, I think it summarises the issue that Klopp's just not been on it at all this season. And this summer has to be a restarting point because I think we mentioned it, I think we mentioned it on the last time we did this, and obviously it was coming off a, a bigger and more embarrassing defeat. But no one, no sane Liverpool fan wants Klopp sacked. Yep. But if we go into next season and this is a big if because we know who our owners are. They are tight, pretend to be skint, and I was almost going to call them something else there, but I won't. Um well, we're
2: basically on by beneath the screws.
3: Basically, yeah. Um, but if we get, if we, if we, big asterisk, get the investment we need and the manager deserves in the summer, and then we are still crap, that's when it may start to turn properly. Because yeah. if if, Cl- if if it is just the simple fact that Klopp has lost it or lost the dressing room or whatever, we do have to start having those discussions. And obviously it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be horrid because Klopp is our best manager. He's the best manager since since Kenny or since, mm-hmm. most successful manager since Kenny. Yep. But. We had this. We've had this discussion over Rafa Benitez. Obviously, he's not on. He's not on Klopp's level. But Rafa was a hero to many. He was. Yeah. He's my my first love as a Liverpool manager. Absolutely. Um, and we we made that. It was obviously a very different time as a football club with Hicks and Gillette and stuff like that. But most people agreed it was the right time for Rafa to go after the season. We finished seventh. Um. But if Klopp gets the investment that Rafa never did, and then still is shit. We have to again make that a, a, a difficult decision. It might be just the right time to say goodbye. But at the same time, you look, we should have kept Rafa because we got Roy Hodgson. Now, I'm not saying we'll get another Roy Hodgson, but the grass isn't always greener. So it's going to be a horrid discussion either way. And hopefully it isn't if, but if it does continue to be crap and we start having these podcasts and stuff like that, it, it just hopefully the discourse is. Polite and stuff like that, but it's going to be a horrid time because one, it'll mean we're bad, and two, it'll mean we'll have to talk despairingly against a person everyone loves. But, Can that
2: add to your misery? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Breaking. Liverpool midfielder Stefan Bacetic is out for the rest of the season.
3: Fantastic. Well, hopefully, we get to see Curtis Jones. <laughs> but I think the thing is with the midfield, if we are to get top four, it's going to have to. And, Hopefully Tiago's back after the international break, but who yeah. knows? Who knows? But it's it can't be James Milner. It's gonna have to be Fabinho, let's say Tiago still, but it'll have to be Fabinho, Naby and Henderson. But if, if we go back to last season where the season got good, obviously it's when we signed Diaz. But at the same time, it's when we stopped pissing about with the midfield. We played four midfielders for the second half of the season. We played Naby, we played Henderson, we played Fabinho, we played Thiago. Go back go back to that. Yeah. Stop playing people. Who aren't ready for Liverpool Football Club? They're, those four players have been ready for the have been the only midfielders at the club since Ginny left who've been of the right level. It, it, they just have. Like whatever you think about Naby and Henderson, I mean they're the two most defi- divisive players in the fan base, but they have been of the level to play for Liverpool Football Club. So play them for. Go back to what got us in a and position. And you find that four
2: midfielders season. kind of will probably hide their deficiencies better as well because <laughs> there's more bodies in that area rather than exposing them.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, it's playing, like I know Basetic came in and he was excellent. Yes. But just playing adults in the most important position in, other than goalkeeper, just play adults there. Not not grandads and not children. That should be the motto on our wall. No grandads, no children. Play adults. <laughs> it's just yeah, we what well, have we got left? Twelve games? It's gonna be horrid and yeah. if we end up getting Europa League football this podcast, one will have to be on a Friday, which will be annoying. <laughs> yeah. And two, it'll be I'll have to learn how to say crap like Fennec Varosh and stuff like that and I don't want to.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I ain't got a chance in time, Yeah, you're, so you're yeah, screwed. I, I'm really screwed. If you think you've got it bad, I'm just like side-eyeing you. Like, yeah. I'm way worse than you. But yeah, um, so that's the news that's just broken right now. And um, let's, I mean, I think it was just a nail in the coffin. I mean, that goal, how easy was it? Just so easy. The way they just kind of move that ball and just pull it past us, like.
3: That's the thing, I mean, Real Madrid are the best team in the well, not the, not the best, they are the best football club in the world, and they are the best in this competition, obviously it's t- it's tough to say that when they're second in La Liga, but they just are, um, but you see you see what they are, they are spawning horrible bastards, <laughs> getting a look at the bounce, getting a, two deflections off people, and it'll bounce straight to Benzema, and um, Vinny Junior, Vin- Vinicius Junior by the way, if we never have to play him again, it'll be so good <laughs> he just yeah. rips us apart every time but that that goes back to the conversation about Trent who can't defend anymore and we need a new right back um, I, think that's
2: I agree with you I feel like he has gone complacent so yeah. complacent it's actually scary and I'd expect better not only because it's Trent but because he's a local lad as well
3: that's the thing, this should, oh God, I was going to say, this means more. <laughs> God, the cliches. Yeah. But it should, it should mean more to Trent. It should mean more to Curtis Jones. But the, you just watch the body language of Trent and you're like, can you run? I know he did that big tackle on Vinicius, I think. But that was it. Like, there was no other moments of urgency for him. Like, oh, cool, you can do the big tackle.
2: Yeah. I did the post-match show for, you know, the Crystal Palace game where we drew mm-hmm. 0-0 and it probably won the worst performances you've ever won mm-hmm. of the many. And somebody called in, I can't think who it was, but they said, you know, they pretty much had enough of Trent because uh, there was a lot of mistakes in that defence, that game, if you remember correctly. You know, we were doing okay. a few stupid things. I mean, it finished 0-0, but our defence made a few, you know, stupid mistakes and they were all kind of apologising and holding their hands up, you know, when they made a never. Trent did a few and not once did he apologise and I think that rubbed up this specific caller and maybe some of some of the fan base as well, that, OK, you made the mistake, fair, but at least have the, the humility to be like, I'm sorry about that. Just shrugged his shoulders and got on with it. And I think it was that kind of attitude that pissed off a lot of people in that game.
3: Yeah, and I think we saw that last night as well. It just... <laughs> I don't know if this is just me thinking back, we were a good team, so Trent was better. But even last season, I thought Trent was excellent defensively last season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had some big, embarrassing moments. Like, the Champions League he didn't look good, but I still thought that was Robbo's fault rather than Trent's. And obviously, as the systems developed and we lost Ginny and brought in Thiago, and I think Henderson's roles changed, Trent's becoming more and more exposed and i think mean, the more and more exposed he's got the laser he's got defensively because when i when we were at our best in 18 19 and 1920 we obviously protected trent quite well but at the same time trent gave a shit he got yeah. back all the time whereas you watch him the this season and w- when we was it 2021 he had covid and he was crap yeah, was, for a half a yeah. season or three yeah. quarters of a season yeah he just looked so asked um yeah. So yeah, but but that that's the thing. It's obviously very difficult buying a backup for Trent because he's unique. But at the same time, if Trent plays like this at the start of next season and we we're going in with Calvin Ramsey and Joe Gomez as backups again, he's just going to keep doing the same. We need to well that's we need to find someone better than Simic as a right back equivalent because
2: Oh, do, do you think he's behaving like this? Because he's almost like, I don't know, say almost like subconsciously kind of saying, well, if you're not going to give me cover, this is the most I can do. If you want me to attack, something's going to have to give. And defensively, you're not giving me any cover, Jürgen. Do you think the the solution could potentially be just having somebody solid and consistent on the right-hand side that will help him defensively? Because we know Mo has never done it and doesn't really do it and I don't think he's been asked to do it do you think Mm -hmm. if we just get that midfielder that offers him some kind of cover that kind of solves a lot of problems with Trent as well as having a backup because I think it's an attitude thing I think he's thinking what the fuck do you want me to do and I I can get it I can get it I can relate to that if somebody's putting so much on you
3: I think he is g- i think he's getting asked to do too much and he has to play fifty games a season, which yeah. is very very stupid uh, i think Cla- i think there was even a quote going around from like two years ago where it was saying rob and Trent can't play fifty games a season and then two years later they're playing fifty games a season, <laughs> mm. if not more last season um but no he he is getting asked to do too much and As I said, the tactics have changed from our glory days Um, because Trent just does not get midfield help anymore. And the thing, you mentioned it with Salah there. The thing is, Salah will do the defensive work when he's asked to or if he sees the opportunity that we are overexposed. But he's clearly just asked to stay up front because he is is the one on the break. So you you either need to tinker Trent's role and play him as a more... Orthodox right back where he stays at right back and just kind of provides width for whatever, um, or you change the right side midfield role to be more defensive, yeah. or you tell more or whoever the hell's playing right wing from in future years to help your back a bit more, but just to have Trent try and, but I think the thing with Trent is we've obviously slagged him off this this podcast and deservedly so because he was crap last night. But no other player in the world, to my met- to my knowledge, is playing right back, central midfield, right wing, number 10. Yep. Sometimes left back off the end of corners. Whilst being the main creative hub of the team. Yeah. It's too much. Yep. Like, when Trent was at his best, his job was to just create and try and defend a bit of right back. Now he has to play four different positions and do all that. It's like, you're asking him too much. It's too and much might, for any footballer.
2: And he might be physically spent as well. He might just be knackered.
3: That's the thing. Like, we we get the odd game of Milne and we get the odd game of Joe Gomez. But you can't... If Trent's fit, you cannot rotate Trent. Say we have three games in a week. He has to play two and a half of those games. Mm.
2: He,
3: we can't... Um, unless he is injured, he plays. Because he has to. So... Like, we bought Ramsey to be a backup. He was an 18-year-old who played a bit of Scottish football. Scottish football's crap. Yeah. Like, what What was the plan there? Like, obviously, I'm not saying slagging off Ramsey because he might become a good player, but mm. he was never going to be ready to play Premier League minutes. Um. So, we need to address that either. Try and find... Well, firstly... <sighs> What is the plan with Trent? Because we've never seen it from Klopp, but is he still going to be the right-back? Because if he keeps playing like this, you can't play right-back for a team trying to win stuff because he's just too much of a liability. So are we going to buy a starting right-back and move Trent? Or are we going to buy a similar quality right-back to really put put the smoke up Trent's arse, uh, put the fire up Trent's arse? Um, because he, that's seemingly what he needs to me. But at the same time, this doesn't matter if Trent's still like, getting asked to play five positions without with no other creative force in the team other than Salah trying to dribble past four people every game so we we need to rethink tactically but the personnel um behind the first 11 isn't pushing the first 11 so yeah Agreed. it's 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 a bit of a cluster effort at the minute
2: it really is it really is um, guy i think we pretty much covered that Liverpool game as a whole quite well as well as we could I I think we were fair I think we were balanced as well as you know showing our emotion is there anything you kind of want to add to add to this um, or or should we just quickly just have uh, just a quick chat about the last teams the, the teams left now
3: if we do get the Europa League next season, it wouldn't surprise me if Real Madrid come third in their Champions League group, just to come knock us out of that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Carlos has got an old yeah. sport to settle. He's still not over Istanbul. Like He's going to get as and when he can. I mean, guys, so obviously we're out. Spurs are out as well, obviously lost to AC Milan. Two English teams still in it. And, of course, Man City, who absolutely smashed Leipzig to pieces. And Chelsea as well. I mean, that was a... You know, obviously that happened last week, and we have to go back to our memories. I'm not going to talk too much into it, but I felt like, you know, that game was pretty on an even keel. And I felt like, you know, that penalty and then the retaking of the penalty, I felt like it kind of shifted the, the momentum and things of that game. Um, uh, But, yeah, Chelsea are through. Um. And uh, yeah, Borussia Dortmund are out. We've got three Italian teams going strong in this. I think the one that probably most people are excited about is Napoli, who, of course, won last night. Um, uh, They look like a fun team. Um, I think people do want them to do well, despite um, many of us maybe not really liking their fans.
3: (laughs) Well, that's the thing, I think. That's just the thing with Italian fans, isn't it? Obviously, Liverpool and a lot of English clubs have had history with seemingly raw. Or was was like to your Roma?
2: It was um, it was it was Roma.
3: Was it Roma? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Ro, Roma seems to be the ones that cause more bother for Liverpool for English clubs. Um, but and I have been
2: I, I have been to a few Champions League games and like I have seen Napoli fans behave stupid as well, like right. chanting and, and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's and it's, it's not really, it's yeah and and I think it's um they, they I had um. Uh, a Sevilla journalist on, and he kind of pretty much spoke about how you know the hooliganism in England back in the eighties and seventies and um, inspires their ultras and things. So it's not a majority of their fans; it's just the hooligans that actually do the away games. And and it's do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's it's still a big part of their culture.
3: Yeah, I've but heard yeah. Julian Laurent talk about in French football, so I'm guessing it's the similarities are there as well. So yeah, um, no, it, it's a real strange one because it's usually. It's usually the Premier League and La Liga that are quite dominant later on. But it it is nice to see Serie A there regardless of the fans. But it's just anyone, anyone but Real Madrid and Man City to win. Because if Real Madrid win, I won't really care because we're used to Real Madrid winning. I don't want Man City to win because it's the one thing we have over them. Don't want Chelsea to win because they're Chelsea and they're kind of catching us up in terms of trophies. I don't really want that to happen. So I'll take anyone else. But this, I don't. It's a, we. I think we mentioned this. If we got past Real Madrid, it was so open because I don't see a really strong team. Because Napoli look really fun in the front, and well, not the front, not just the front reader, The whole team looks excellent. But mm. we don't know how good Serie A is. Obviously, it helps with them being in there. But Milan beat Tottenham. That's not really a litmus test. No. And Inter beat Porto, which again, not a great litmus test. Obviously, Porto is a tough place to go, but it's not a great litmus test. Um, and I you think look,
2: I think what yeah. was really interesting about both the Milan teams was the fact that they played a 0 nil You know, which was an old school Italian defensive tactic.
3: Football heritage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: which i found quite interesting actually it had old school vibes about it like oh you know like because that was what they used to do back in the 90s like yeah we'll just we'll just suffocate yeah
3: yeah and well we don't need to we don't I don't think actually i think we do better against that type of football than just real madrid battering us every year Mm -hmm. um but no i think i think real madrid are definitely the favorites because one the real madrid and two They should be the favourites for the Champions League every year, seemingly. Um, But beyond that, I think it's going to be a really random final because Chelsea could go on a run because they seem to just have that in them. They just seem, in difficult times, they seem to just go on a run in the Champions League. Now, the Dortmund game wasn't pretty and obviously Dortmund were missing a lot of wingers and Mm -hmm. the speed in their team, um, which obviously would have helped a lot. Bayern... Beat PSG. PSG
2: were awful. Yeah, awful. PSG
3: were awful. But you look at... I think are Bayern first... I think they're... Where are they in the Bundesliga? Because the Bundesliga is weird this season, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think Union Berlin were pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And I think they might have topped it again, you know.
3: Uh, standing. Of course, they're top. So, they're, to, they're top and then Dortmund are second. So, they're two points behind. But the... the, the um, the Bundesliga looked really weak this year because look Leipzig just got tonk 7-0 Frankfurt got beat 5-0 on aggregate um Dortmund went out to a horrid Chelsea team so if Bayern is still in the in the mix with that that lot, that lot so if they come up against an actual football team rather than a vanity project that'll be interesting to see so i think it'll be real madrid
2: you know what made me really sad though. I'm going mm. back to that game of the uh, Bayern Munich, right? So they were able to take up players, you know, like Musiala and those, you know, grand grand players that they have, and bring on the likes of Leroy Sane and 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 stuff. And like, it's, I mean, you know, just the quality of what other teams have in this league, even too many for Real Madrid came on. Do you know what I mean? And what we had and like and I think that's the sad thing, the fact that these teams that play Real Madrid and um, that play Champions League football who are established, who are iconic and historical, who also have modern history as well, like you know, your Bayern Munich and your Real Madrid, but they they still manage to produce that quality. They have quality on their bench, so much, you know talent and class on the bench and I think that's the stark difference right now for me in terms of where Liverpool are and where those teams are
3: yeah I think other than attack we don't have that in any position do we because the midfield Mm -hmm. we don't have a starting midfield never mind off the bench options and this season Last season, we had, obviously, a good crop of centre-backs, but this season, if it's not Ebo, it's an issue. So, yeah, it's just we do not have the depth at all anymore um, in those positions, and it's just, it's just strange. It's just strange how it's gone. But, no, I think, yeah, you, you're right there. Obviously, it's, it's easy for Bayern and Real Madrid because they can just pick from their leagues at will, basically. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, we're from the Premier League, so we print money for doing nothing. So we should be able to do that, but we just don't. Um, uh, But yeah, it's a a strange run. But in terms of the rest of the competition, I think Real Madrid should definitely get to the final. And then I just hope... I just hope it's not Man City. Like, I'd like to see Napoli go on a run, because it'd be good for Serie A, and Napoli are probably the most fun team in the world at the minute. But... Let's have Real Madrid against Man City. Real Madrid can knock them out, and the rest of it can just be fun. I think. I'm not Absol- sure when the draw is, but yeah, let's hope it's Real Madrid against City.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I think I guess um another little um uh, side note was um I think Benfica absolutely hammering Blues, and I think Scott Parker got sacked, right? He
3: did. He did. <laughs> Ah, I I didn't see the Benfica. I was I was scrolled over too far. There it is. I forgot about Benfica, but Benfica are good as well, so they could be one of those surprise teams. Um, so yeah, and Scott Parker getting sacked. Bless him. Um, did you see that? Did you see the tweet about was it Sturridge and Mika Richards who had Scott Parker's old suit on with the the four lines? I can't remember the brand's name, but Scott Parker's fashion heritage is running. Is running in English football now. (laughs) He'll be oh, back God. in the championship in no time.
2: I'm sure, I'm sure Dave Dave Hendrick will have something to say about that. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, he's always on Fashion Watch and yeah. Right, okay, guys. So um that is the Champions League. So, you know, there's some fun teams. I'm with you. I really don't want Man City to win it. I couldn't give two rat sauces about Real Madrid winning it because it just seems like the norm these days. And no one's catching them anyway. Um, that's where I'm at. But I would. I think we said we we wanted something unpredictable, and I think Napoli could be quite fun. But uh, you know what? Let's make it happen. Let's have a Benfica versus Napoli final.
3: Oh yes. But I'm Benfica cursed. They're not allowed to win stuff anymore are they
2: no, they're not. They keep talking yeah. about that as well. So who knows, it might be broken, but that's what I'm going with. Guy, I don't want to talk about Champions League football. Um, I'm, I'm done with it now on this pod. Um, we might cover the other game because I think we can watch it with no strings attached and actually give like, some fun thoughts on the Euro Season podcast. So we're done with Liverpool now. But before you go, is there anything you kind of want to add about the Champions League? If not, go with some plugs.
3: I'm going to support Benfica. We need to beat the curse. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> but uh, in terms of plugs, uh, now that Dave's back, I actually have stuff to do, which is fun. <laughs> uh, uh, I will be on, I presume if Dave's all right, I'll be on two footed tomorrow predicting, I'm not sure if we'll do the FA Cup, but we'll do the handful of Premier League games there is on this weekend, and I'm going to will into existence that we don't finish in the Europa competitions, whether that's 4th or 8th, I will snap your hand off for either.
2: Is your Twitter handle still, I mean, so is your Twitter username still finish8th?
3: I changed it after the United game, and then changed it back after the Bournemouth game. (laughs) 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 Now now it's Operation 8th, crossed out, then it's 4th, crossed out, and now it's back to (laughs) 8th.
2: I love it. We, we we're just like kind of like moving with with the results and emotion. Yeah, for my part, um, I'll be back obviously with all the post-match content when Liverpool decide to play football and uh, we want to pop bleach in our eyes. Hopefully things do get better. But guys, this was the Euro incision podcast. There's lots of great content coming your way from Anfield Index um you know there'll be plenty of content Um, i'm sure it will be going they'll be under pressure they'll be on the spots the main ai podcast there'll be a lot of content still coming your way during the international break loads of great articles as well so do check those out as well our writers have been really really consistent um yeah but from our part thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you for all your support and um till next time up the reds